Hello, ladies and gentlemen. It is the ENS Wolves podcast. It is episode 193. Do not adjust your listening device. This is not Nathan Judah. Uh, it's Luke Hatfield here, joined as ever by Wolves correspondent, Mr. Joe Edwards. Uh, it looks like I've been you know, upgraded from a 10-minute cameo, Joe, to, to a full-on <laughs> presenter. I know we were that impressed by you last week um, that with Nathan has just been shunned completely and uh, we brought you in. Uh, no, uh, Nathan's having a, having a week off. Um, it was that it was that bad at the weekend. Uh, he's, he's, no, it was um, no, he was due to take a week off anyway. But as, of course, yeah. the uh, the podcast continues, and uh, here we are. Yeah, he thought he was probably going to take a week off on a high, didn't he? Yeah. I mean. Um, how are we doing, Joe? I mean, have you recovered from the weekend yet? Um, yeah, just just about. I think um, a, a, di- a different kind of feeling af- after that game. It's um, I think I think one of the questions touches on it, but I'll kind of tread on it now. But it's um, you know, as a, as a reporter, you you try your best to um, kind of put the fan in you aside. Yeah, mm. and um, I think. After that game, it was a bit more difficult to 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 do that. Um, obviously, the, the the emotional attachment to the derby and, and what it means, and I think you know now a, a couple of days have passed, and you kind of can put things into perspective a little bit. Um, I still don't think it was a very good performance at all. My, my <laughs> opinion on that hasn't hasn't changed. I mean, I think a few were saying that um, you know look at the corners, look at the possession, look at the attempts. Well. The only one that really matters is, is, is goals, and Albion have scored mm. more than Wolves, really. And and I still think that Albion, all things considered, were probably the worthy winners on the day. I just don't think Wolves did enough, um, and I don't think uh, enough players performed. But um, yeah, you know, it's it's one of those you, you got to kind of um, not forget it, but kind of um, you know not dwell on it either, and mm. um, because there's a there's a, a tricky cup tie coming up on Friday. Um, we, one that you could you know, almost look as a bit of a lose-lose because even if you put five or six past them, that's exactly what you expected to do. So um, yeah. it's a difficult one for Wolves to go into, but hopefully this time around, you know, they'll embrace the the taggers' favourites and uh, and get the job done. Yeah, well, fingers crossed. Uh, it's interesting you point touch on there. Let's before we before we talk about the game in depth. It's it's tricky, isn't it? Sometimes when you're covering a game and you're you're obviously yeah, we all love football. Yeah, we all support our, our our teams. You happen to cover the team that you happen to support. Yeah, um, it's tricky, isn't it? It's, it's it's balancing that that kind of bias, and it's 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 interesting because as a local paper, you can kind of afford to be you know you can you can maybe discuss it a bit more, and maybe lean more toward, but obviously you've got to offer you know balanced opinion as well. Yeah, it's tough though, isn't it? It is tough, and I think that game um, obviously being my fir- being my first derby as a as a reporter. Um, you know, it's it's been you know obviously nine years since the last one. So um, yeah, it, it's it, it is different. It is different, you know. And um, you know, I, I think a few were kind of saying my ratings were perhaps a bit emotionally charged. Um, but you know, you you've got to kind of. I get in this job really. I guess stick to what you write, and um, you know once it's mm. once it's published, it's published. <laughs> you know what I mean. Can't, you can't delete something <laughs> off the internet, no, Joe. No, so um, no. I, I, you know, I've, I've had 
Yeah, I, I do stick by pretty much you know every, everything that I said really, and you know I, th- I think a few thought um, maybe thought that my comment piece on Monday was a little bit strong, saying that you know they're in a crisis, um, mm. but you know especially by new now standards they are you know the the definition of it is a time of intense difficulty or danger and that sums walls up to a t at the minute you've only got to you know look at the the recent results the the worrying trends in defense the fixtures that they've got coming up as well in the league you know they've got chelsea next um crystal palace after that you know obviously they fared well against palace but in recent times, but it doesn't really get much easier. So, um, yeah, it's a difficult testing time. But um, you know, that being said, I still think there's a, there's, you know, there's a more than enough there, you know, for Wolves to get themselves out of this situation and, and to and to kind of start getting back on uh, on a on a positive on a positive run. Let's just hope that happens, uh, you know, sooner rather than later. Yeah, indeed. And let's just do it like now, Joe. Let's just just rip the plaster off as opposed to slowly pull it away. <laughs> uh, Wolves 2, West Brom 3. Um, you kind of said there, this is a this is a new low for, for the club under Nuno, isn't it? Because they've never really, I mean, from the outside in, been in a situation that they are now where there, there are fans who are, are starting to question things and previously Nuno was almost... I mean, people looked at him almost untouchable because of the success that he had, and, and rightly so. But now, they they are a, 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 an ebb which isn't isn't common under Nuno. No, not at all. And it's um, the performances have been, you know, everything that Nuno had kind of set up against, you know, earlier on in his time, and for the vast majority of his time. I mean, you know, he. he He's talked so often about a solid foundation and the importance of keeping clean sheets, and actually spoke about that again in in the build up to this game. Um, mm. But it, it just didn't happen, and they're they're making um, basic uh, defensive errors, and um, you know, of course, both penalty calls to some. Well, the the first penalty call was contentious. I'm still not fully convinced that it was over the line. To be honest, I, the issue with that with that penalty decision is VAR is not necessarily there to re-referee, is it? And is is it clearly and obviously outside the area? I suppose unless you're looking at it on a with a big microscope, you're not going to know, are you? No, and but is it clearly and obviously in the area as, as well? So that, that <laughs> good point. That so that was that was one that would have been a bit of a you know a, a tough pill to swallow, but equally the defending was bad. Um, you know, Cody plays it out to Traore when he should just really clear it. Then Traore tries to take on two or three men when really, after Cody's not cleared it, maybe he should think, well, you know, I'm under pressure here, maybe I should clear it. Mm. Neither of them do. Then it ends up at Bolly who lunges in on Robinson, who is nowhere near the goal. You know, it's not as if he was denying a you know, a potential scoring opportunity or anything like that. You know, he would have still had to turn, probably take another man on and then get his shot off. So, you know, it was a kind of a, a catalogue of, of errors, if you like. And then mm. the second goal, the throwing and the two centre-halves winning the headers and it ended up in the net. I mean, that one gets worse every time you see it, to be honest. I mean, tragic defending, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I don't... I, I, I mean, I, I've... I've 
deliberately stopped looking at it now. Um, I don't want to see it again. Um, so that one was bad. And then and then the third one, the penalty, Cody's just been done by by Robinson. It, it's 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 clever striking play. You know, as a, as a striker, you want to try and force a challenge on the turn if you can kind of get your toe on it first. And then you feel a feel a clip from the defender. It wasn't the most contact you'll ever see, but it was enough. And um, you know, ultimately, I, I think you know Callum Robinson. I mean, he played a big part in them getting three points. You know, for a clever centre forward play. So um, it, they, they just fell into the trap, and they knew what Albion would do. They knew that you know Albion aren't free flowing from open play, but their their best bet is set pieces and kind of trying to draw fells. I mean, it, I mean, we already know by this point, but it was a it was a Sam Allardyce performance out all over, wasn't it? Mm. You know, it was complete. You know, kind of, you know, playing to playing to those, using those things that in their in their favour, and and they did it, and Wolves fell into the trap. So, um, they, they've got to. I think they've got to go back to three at the back immediately. Yeah. Um, not that it's. You know, perhaps um, gonna guarantee not that it's guaranteed to sort things out straight away, but I think it gives them a much better chance of um, of looking tighter at the back. And um, yeah, the, it, it was a it was a harsh harsh lesson, really. I think um, you looked at the four at the back and you could see what they're trying to do, trying to score more goals. And I think they have looked better you know going forward they're still not, not anywhere near what you'd you'd want them to be but they, they are looking better going forward but that has come at too much of a cost um in terms of defense so uh yeah i think go back to the three go back to what they know um go for that familiarity factor until uh the end of the season and then um in the summer when you've got that you know, hopefully a decent pre-season. I mean, a better pre-season than the, the one just gone. Yeah. And they can really kind of revisit that form and try and harness that then. Yeah, of course. And you have to caveat it with the injuries that they've had. I mean, it's, it's, it's not something that isn't well documented anyway. Um, let's talk about the potential handball in Wolves' favour, though, because it's one which has kind of maybe a little bit been brushed under the carpet. <laughs> yeah. Just... I mean, it was a, it was an iffy situation where Silver goes up and he tries to win the ball in the air and and Button ends up the West Brom you know backup keeper Button ends up losing the ball and and Kieran Gibbs has both hands up <laughs> he essentially catches the ball maybe for a split second uh, is it is it handball for you yeah yeah it is it is um, I was surprised that that wasn't given and again it's another kind of you know, contentious penalty call, well, that hasn't been given, that you can kind of chalk on a list that I think Wolves have kind of had this season. I don't, I don't think they've always had the, the rub of the green when it comes to referees. And mm-hmm. um, obviously Nuno expressed his frustration with, with Mason and, and, and stuff like that. Um, but equally, I don't think those decisions are, are why they... Why they lost, you know, it was ultimately not being not being ruthless enough in defence, not being aggressive enough in terms of, you know, attacking aerial balls. I think there's something to be said as well. Of, I mean, there isn't a great deal of height in this Wolves team, but mm. having a better job of trying to match up man for man. I think it was Bartley who outjumped Neves, and I mean, nine times out of ten. 
Bartley is going to outjump Neves in in the build up to that that Ajoy goal, you know. And then I mean, I th- he's probably already got four or five inches on him. Exactly, and I think Bolly was just kind of at, at the far post, not really doing much, you know. And um, you know, the Bolly was brought back into the team, you know. Nuno said that the, the, the when he said that Bolly was coming back into the team, it was in the Friday press conference when um, he was asked, you know, you've you've not been great from set pieces recently. Albion, that's probably their main weapon. What you're going to do to counteract that? And he said, mm. "Well, Willie Bolly's going to play." Um, but while Willie Bolly did score and he got an assist and obviously played a part in the in Albion's first goal, it was a bit of a rather close game for him. He didn't yeah. really make make Wolves more dominant in the air, you know. And um, I think you know they've been doing a combination of what seems to be zonal marking and kind of man marking, but not really. It's almost a it's almost a mishmash of the two and hasn't really worked. I think, you know, while there isn't a great deal of height in this Wolves team, I think there is an onus on doing a better job of just trying to match up man for man. You know, it, mm. it doesn't doesn't sound like rocket science, but, you know, if you've got Bolly, get him on the tallest man. If you've got, you know, even if Sace isn't that big, but get him on the next tallest. It, it just seems there's been a bit of a mismatch in terms of those set pieces recently, and um, that is something that uh, obviously needs addressing. Yeah, now obviously it's been two, you know, derby games, two defeats. Um, and Nuno, I mean, he looked absolutely shell shocked toward the end of the game. I mean, we were both there, Joe. We looked down at at the dugouts, and you can see on the West Brom side, you've got Big Sam and, and his assistant Samuel Lee, you know, up and about shouting. Commands, and then you look at the Wolves' technical area, and it's—I mean, it was a bit of a wasteland, wasn't it? No one was up, no one was showing. Nuno sat there, and his demeanour—I mean, it—I don't think it helped the situation because a lot of people would, would would expect him to be up and about, you know, kicking and heading every ball, you know, as he as he you know as he was previously, and it just wasn't the case, was it? No, he, his demeanour was concerning, and he, yeah, he just kind of sat there and kind of staring into space and then his his post match press conference was you know the air of someone going through the motions mm. uh didn't really say a lot and what he did say didn't really seem to have a lot of kind of you know meaning behind it it was just almost as if he was kind of just saying things and kind of getting in and out as quick as possible which is understandable, I guess. You know, after such a disappointing defeat, it's been a tough run, and you know, I think there would have been an element of just trying to kind of, you know, get get away get away from the ground, get home, and just reassess and just kind of, you know, wake up the next day and try and feel better about things. But um, mm. yeah, it was was concerning, and hopefully that isn't um, a trend that that carries on. I think there is. There's been a few games that. Where he's looked a bit despondent. Um, obviously, Burnley was one, but I think that was, you know, largely, you know, because of his frustrations with Lee Mason, and then, you know, we obviously know what come of that. And but the, it's it's not just that; it's not just one incident in isolation. I think there has been a few games where Nuno has looked a bit despondent and and frustrated, and I guess it's part and parcel of where Wolves are. He, you know, he. he he won't have envisioned them being, you know, four fourteenth, ten points off six and ten points uh off the relegation zone. You know, they're 
they're marooned in the in the bottom half. So they've they've just got to find a way, and they've got to find a way of rousing themselves. You know, Nuno and his players because they have lost that spark at the mini, and it's uh, you know once you have lost it, it is a battle to get it back. So, uh, but hopefully they do respond to the test um, and show their character because I think. You know that that was a, that was a big thing that disappointed me about about the Derby defeat is that you got to show a bit of grit and a bit of character, mm. and if you're not having the best of games, kind of clench clench your teeth, you know, roll your sleeves up and try and get through it as best as you can. And I don't think many really did that. Uh, I think I think you could say Pedro Neto did. Mm. Um, I think. You know, on reflection, you could say Fabio Silva did. I mean, I, I did give him a fairly low mark in my player ratings, but that was mainly due to his dive towards the end. Which yeah, it's 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 a it's a weird one that because I don't. I mean, I tweeted as much when when I saw the replay. I don't get why players try and do that anymore in a VAR world because you're never gonna get away with it. No, and I can understand why he's done it. Uh, I think it's is he expecting the contact? I think. I think there's an element of that, and I think there's an element of he knows the game means so much. He's trying his best to impress, and he's trying to win a penalty by all by all means necessary. I think it comes out of you now a, a decent place, Wolves wise anyway, from a Wolves fan's point of view. He's trying to you know kind of impress and trying to do the things you know to 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 make sure that Wolves get something out of the game, but it's it's not really what what you want to see and, and, as, and as, mm. you, as you say in a, in a VAR world now you know you, you, you're very rarely going to get away with that sort of thing and get actually get what you want so um, but all in all I, I do think he, he, he looked better he, he, he showed a bit of strength for his goal he took it well um, you know he, he did look up for it uh, and on a day where you know too many really kind of uh, went into their shells so um, hopefully that can be something for him moving forward now it can be a, a, a weight off his shoulders it can be something that he can build on um, because you know we saw Patrick Catrone come on and miss a very good chance you know mm. rush the chance I still do think you know at this moment in time Silver is the best option uh, in attack yeah and that was one of the few positives to really take from it wasn't it the, the goal from open play and it was a nice little back heel from Bolly to find him and it was a very composed finish because a lot of people might have snatched at that and it was a tough first half for him really because I'd, I think in honest, in all honesty, I mean, Wolves weren't great that first half. Albion obviously scored the penalty and, and, and were ahead and they had a, a great chance to double their lead before that goal. Yeah, uh, Robinson, you know, forcing a really good save from, from Rui Patricio. But I mean, Fabio Silva had a bit of a tough time. But I thought that first half he was, you know, he was he was having a real problem dealing with with maybe the physicality of Albion's centre halves. And then he kind of, I thought he was going to go into his shell. And I thought, I mean, I, I I mean, I don't know what you thought, Joe, but I was I was wondering whether he'd be maybe hooked at half time in 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 hopes of, you know, maybe grabbing a goal through through someone like Catrone who's maybe a little bit more experienced. But Fair play to him. He stood up and he scores the goal. That is one of the positives you can take from it, can't you? Yeah, and you know, going into another game on Friday, it'd be interesting to see what they do. Whether Catrani gets the nod or whether he persists with Silver, because it's going to be another very, <laughs> yeah. very physical um, game. I mean, I've I've seen Chorley play a few times in in recent years, not this season or last season, but 
about two or three seasons ago, I used to cover cover Telford um, mm. for the Shropshire Start, and um, you know they are a team that they're they're relishing in in what they do well, in, and that's be that's be physical and put teams under the cosh and you know the elbows and the you know the little the little tricks and so much of National League North that level is being organised and being tough to play against and being you know, being hard nosed buggers really. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? That, that's what you are and and if you are and you do that well, you get quite far and, and surely have uh, you know an established name at, at non league level they've obviously upsetted a few football league teams. They can play of course, you know, not you know, not taking that away from them, but the you know they this kind of non-league know-how and physicality, I think, is the key factor in what has got them so far in the competition. So that'll be something, whether it's Silver or whether it's uh, Catrano out front, that that they're going to have to be wary of. That defenders, you know, they might they might stamp on your toes. They might kind of give you a little little air about little dig in the ribs, you know, and stuff like that. It's um, it's stuff to try and knock you off the course of your game. But I think last weekend was the best. We've seen Silver in that regard. You know, he stopped kind of um, falling. Well, apart from that, uh, you know, yeah. simulation at the end, but he stopped kind of squealing. Uh, you know, he's, he's had a few times where he's gone down and really shouted and not got anything and kind of pounded the floor in frustration and stuff like that. That does seem to be creeping out of his game there, which is which is good. So um, I think slowly but surely he's getting used to the physical demands of of English football and. Um, you know, that's going to need to to continue, especially especially with a trip to a victory park. Yeah, and it was always going to be a learning experience signing someone so young, of course. Back on Nuno, though, and I mean, just because he's quiet with us, I'm going to play a little bit of devil's advocate, doesn't necessarily mean he was quiet in the changing room. No. Um, but that demeanour, I think it is relatable for a lot of people right now because the situation we're all in with coronavirus and not being able to see loved ones and not being able to do the things that you, you know, might, might want to do, you know, go out and grab a bite to eat, maybe just kind of decompress a little bit. No one's really got the chance to do that right now. And I know footballers live in a, in a little bit of a different bubble where they can go and train and obviously they're very lucky to be able to do that and we're all lucky to have that because I think it's it's getting a lot of people through lockdowns. But it is relatable, isn't it? And it's it's a tough time for everyone and you could kind of understand why you know, someone like Nuno who, you know, maybe doesn't get a chance to see his family as often as he would like anyway, is now even being more restricted by that, not being able to travel. And you can kind of relate to that, can't you? Yeah, completely, completely. I mean, he um, he's, he spoke about it a lot and he's spoke about it before the game in that, you know, he misses being able to just interact with fans on, on the street, you know, and whether he's doing his shopping and somebody asks for a selfie or... You know the little things like not just having fans in the ground, but you know they tend to tend to stop in a hotel, don't they? You know, even for home mm. games, and there'll be some fans at the hotel waiting for um, autographs, and then when they arrive at the ground off the couches, there'll be fans waiting for autographs and selfies, and after the game, and just to have that, you know, kind of camaraderie that that has been completely been missing. I mean, it's been almost a year without it now. And that that is something that is all you know somebody who is very passionate. No, no, I mean that that don't don't get it wrong. Just because he's looking despondent doesn't mean he's he lacks passion. I mean he, he's he's very passionate, and 
You know, he's very passionate about football. You know, very passionate about the fans, and he, he misses them greatly. And um, and his family situation obviously doesn't help. You know, he, he's he's the vast majority of his family uh, remain in Portugal. His son um, was there on Saturday, mm. um, and. I'm pretty sure does live with him over here. I think he was he, he was attending university um, in in this country, so you know he, his son is with him. But then you know he, the rest of his family uh, are still in Portugal, so that that does make things that make, does make things very difficult. And you know you can understand it completely. So, um, but you know Nuno will know as well that that you know does need to you know can't you know affect. Um, you know the the team, and I, and I don't. I think you know he will find a way to 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 kind of harness that, put that to one side, and you know he's so um, detailed and so kind of you know determined to 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 improve this team and to and to get them where they need to be. He'll know, you know, he doesn't need reminding that fourteenth isn't where they where they should be, mm. and it, you know, and seventh place finishes two two of them in a row. Uh, are of course very difficult to replicate, but you know they should be better than than where they are now. So um, all work will be geared towards that. I'm sure they'll leave now down un- unturned, and uh, as I say, just fingers crossed that you know this 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 slide, this first you know ma- major blip under new now um, can can end and and end soon because the longer it goes on, I don't think Wolves are a team that. Really are in in danger of of, of getting dragged into it. Honestly, mm. I, 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 you know, they but, sh- I mean, they've just got too good a team for that. The, they? You'd think so, but equally, if they go three, four weeks longer without a win and without kind of major, majorly encouraging performances, then you can get sucked into it. So you know, while there while there is while there is enough there, you know. The, the clock the clock is ticking as well and um you know the the reason I understand getting each short sorted and, and sorted sharp mm. I think uh back on the pitch of course the, the most worrying thing for me um watching wolves was they obviously pegged Albion back first half and I thought they were a little bit fortunate to go in the break um ahead but I think it showed with that Albion side that they're they're not the men- mentally. They're not the strongest in the world. The fact that Albion could get themselves back up level, and then it was almost tables turned, wasn't it? Yeah. In, in you know the start of that second half, where where Wolves just they went and they they crumbled a little bit, and it's not something that's been a common sight, particularly for, for me. I've watched I've watched plenty of Wolves over the last couple of seasons, despite not covering them. That's not something I really saw from them before this season, but. It's something that's crept into their game. I mean, the, I don't, I don't think you need to remind too many people of what happened in that Brighton game as well. Yeah, it's, there's been a couple of times where they've, they've they've crumbled a little bit, and that's the worrying thing for me. Yeah, I think I said it in a piece on Monday. Other leaders need to need to start emerging, and um, you know, really kind of take responsibility and you know on their shoulders and kind of embrace that really because you've got kind of Cody who does all the talking. Mm. Um, and then John Ruddy, you know, whether he's on the yeah. bench, he's the he's the other one who does all the talking. But everybody else is pretty, pretty quiet. But whether it's doing it through 
words. I mean, that's not every kind of leader's style. I mean, I think ne- Ruben Neves, for example, as vice captain, is somebody who will, you know, more so lead through his actions and setting yeah. an, setting an example to follow. And and those are the different type of leaders you get. But I think you now those kind of types have got to step up more so. I think people. You know, who have been feeling their way in, such as Nelson Semedo and that. I think they've got to really kind of start to take responsibility as well. Um, yeah, other leaders need to emerge, and and you've got to kind of, you know, not think you're, a, you know, you're a, you're above any situation. And when you're in a difficult spot, you know, real kind of players with character have got to come to the fore. And we all know that these players have got talent and they've got ability, but you know. The, the grit and the desire and the and 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 the kind of refusal to give up has got to come to the fore even more so now because there's there's been there's been games over the last few months and you know Burnley away put under the cosh and they didn't really you know stand up to the test mm. Brighton second you know second half you get put under the cosh and you kind of you know crumble Albion the same. It's happened too many times, and um, these players have got it in them. I'm, I'm, I'm sure of that. They've just got to, they've just got to show it. They've got the ability, but they've got to, they've got to show that uh, character as well. And uh, I'm sure that will be the focus now. Yeah, I suppose the one thing you might say is, you know, you want, you want leaders on the pitch for a game like that. And and it was, it was Connor Cody, it was Jalmatinho, and it was Ruben Neves who were all off. <laughs> yeah. And and, that, and that's telling, and um, you know, and they've got some of the others have got to kind of step up in that regard, and you know they've got to step up. But um, I, I think Neto is somebody that is definitely you can see the desire there. It's it's clear, um, mm. it, and when something doesn't quite go right, he 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 straight runs back, tries it again, and he you know he he's, he's got the right mentality and. Um, yeah, you just you just want to see that see that come come to the fore now, and um, yeah, make sure that this doesn't carry on too much longer because it it could get it could get dangerous, you know. And now team is is above it. I think in terms of quality, they shouldn't be there, and I don't think it will come to that, you know. But you've got to make sure it doesn't. It's a uh, it's an, it's one thing thinking it, and another thing actually doing it. So. Uh, yeah, it's it's time to it's time to step up. Not to forget as well that they they've got some big characters missing. Raul Jimenez is obviously a massive one, uh, and Daniel Pedence as well. Yeah. I think I think he's someone whose character you watch him in games, and he is. I mean, he is right in it. He's in the thick of it. He's always you know shows the like one of the players who shows the most passion for me. And when you're missing players like that, it's always going to be tough, isn't it? Um, shall we get on to questions? Questions, come on, question questions. time. The big question. All right. Okay. It. So you put a tweet out yesterday. Plenty of responses. Yes. First, first one comes from Ronan Gibbons. Um, do you find the way our fans are turning on Nuno disrespectful? After all he's done for the club, personally, I lose all respect for people who call for his head. We ask for loyalty from players and staff, but we never seem to show it the other way around. Um, for me, I'm amazed that people are calling for Nuno. Of course, I'm not. You know, someone who covers them week in, week out. But you do have to give someone, you know, a bit of time because ultimately, I mean, he got he came into the club, got him promoted first first time of asking, um, got into Europe. Obviously, you know, you're going to have a blip now and then. Yeah. Um, 
and you'd like to think that he'd come out all the stronger the second, for, for the other side. Yeah, I mean that 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 isn't the answer. That that isn't the answer. They've got to show faith in him, and you know he, he's he's just it only signed a, a new three year deal, you know, last summer, and and that was you know music to everyone's ears. You know, mm. and that was the big thing. Let's make sure he signs a new deal. Make sure he signs a new deal, and he, and he did, and and that was the. It was the look to as the signing of the summer at the time, you know, and uh, you know, obviously very good news. So that that isn't the answer. Um, the 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 vitriol on on Twitter has been, yeah, there's been a lot of it, a, a lot, and um, I I don't, I don't think all of it is 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 in good taste at all. And I think there's 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 a lot of. I think the big thing that plays into it now. Is that obviously fans can't go to games, which is mm. which is rubbish. It's 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 crap, and you know it it's you know even for us there we're privileged to be there, but it, it it's nowhere near the same without fans. But we without being able to go to the game, and without without that cooling off period, I think where you kind of go to a game, you'll probably go with you know whether it's your brother, whether it's your dad, or whether it's a friend. You know, you'll go back in the car. You'll have a chat about the game. You'll probably listen to the, you know, the WM phone. Maybe you'll air your grievances on there, or you'll kind of air your grievances with each other, have a bit of a debate, and then by the time you get home, you probably think, oh, right, so I've got it out my system now. Um, mm. Let's just kind of move on to the next one. There isn't that now, is that that's the problem? I think yeah. and there's there's a there's a few that you know. It's uh, they're they're every right, but they, you know it's straight onto Twitter. As soon as a result doesn't go doesn't go how you would have liked, and it's you know, and it's almost as if there's there's not really a filter. You know that it's bam bam vitriol vitriol, just right. I'm 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 looking for an outlet to for my frustration, and if somebody disagrees with my with my point, then I'm going to go in on them as well, and. Um, and and that and that's that's something you don't really want to see, and I I do think there is a bit too much of that at the mini. Um, I, I can completely understand it. I can completely understand the frustration because I've said it myself. This team shouldn't be where they are. This run has been poor. Performances for me have been off off it. I think you can say things have gone against them, but in the main, this team is capable of such a damn sight more than the, than they've been showing. Um, over the last month or two, but you know, to to go on there and then to you know to attack people just just for having a different view, and and then to kind of you know some people tag players in tweets. Like, yeah, I'm not I'm not I, a fan I, of that. I mean, fan, not a fan of that. I mean, you know, so, so, you know, so somebody who's had a bad game won't need telling again. And yeah, it's um, you know tagging players and saying you're. You're this, you're that. You know, I don't really see what purpose that that serves, to be honest. So there is there is a lot of vitriol out there, and, and as Ronan says, I think there's been some things that have been said that are, are, are uncalled for. Um, in terms of in terms of people questioning Nuno, I think it's part and parcel of a football when you go through a bad run that some will think that you know a, a change that a change of management you know could well be the answer. But for me. You know, this is the whole club has been shaped in Nuno's vision, and it's you know the vast majority of it has been 
massively successful, more than we could could have ever imagined, really, in just such a short space of time. So he's the one that has instigated that, you know, incredible run. He's the one mm-hmm. that you know should be able to, you know, to should be see through as he sees fit, really. Yeah, uh, Lynx Wolf, um, talking about your player ratings, Joe. <laughs> now that you've had time to reflect, you feel they were a little bit harsh. I'll admit at the time I thought you were being generous. Um, also diving, Nuno needs to stamp it out. We're getting a bit of a reputation and it may cost us penalty awards. Yeah, I mean, as I say, it's difficult because you're writing them. Just to give you a bit of a context. So, most stuff that we write after a Saturday game will be done for a Sunday morning ready to then be sorted for a Monday paper. So, mm. you are writing... Unless you wake up really early on a Sunday, which I, I don't tend to do, I, I like I like to have a lie in if I can. <laughs> but you, you you write in stuff in the hours after a game, so you know I I I, I do stick by them, but equally I can I can see people saying that you know perhaps I've been a bit too emotional with them. The, the thing is, and you know it's something that I completely understand is that I'm never going to please everyone with my player ratings. I wish I could. Yeah. <laughs> But it, you know, there's going to be people who disagree, and that's fine. But like, you know, if if you disagree, you can you can just disagree. Sometimes you don't have to like call me a knob or you know, stuff like that. And you know, I, I understand that it's a frustrating time. But like, you know, I'm never going to be able to please everyone. I think, you know, as as Lynx Wolf has said, there, some may think I was actually being a bit generous. Some think I'm being a bit way too low. I don't think there's ever going to be a time where um, I give a set of player ratings, really, and everybody universally thinks, "Yeah, you're spot on there." Yeah. So um, it's just it just comes with a comes with a trade. It comes with a job, and and that that's what football's all about. I, I, that the point I'm making is, I think football is all about debate. I think that is the the. Uh, you know, such a beautiful part of it actually is what game of opinions, isn't it? Going over opinions and and you know, oh, I, I didn't see it that way. That's a good point, or or I don't quite agree with that, but I ta- but I take your point. You know, that, that's the kind of thing you want to see. Not now, you're an absolute moron. F off. You know, yeah. <laughs> just just for having a slightly different viewpoint. You know, I think um, you know there, there there is some that just kind of kind of say stuff just to get a rise and that is you know I do take that into account as well that people say you know this is crap this is rubbish this is you know just to kind of try and get a response and fishing for that because some people feed off that anger for some reason I don't don't understand Mm. it but they do Um, but it would be nice to just see a bit more you know reasonable debate rather than just going at each other's throats because I think you know everybody you know, supports the same team. You know, they all want Wolves to do well. Um, I just don't see what the kind of going at each other's throats and is gonna really achieve, to be honest. Yeah, and we've seen it with that with the Chorley situation this week, haven't we? As yeah, well. yeah. It's um, yeah. It's it's um, Twitter. You know, it has been a bit of a vitriolic place for 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 a bit, but um, yeah. Hopefully, you know. The, the results will, will take a turn for the better and uh, the mood will improve. Yeah, and what about the point on diving? Do you think do you think Wolves are maybe picking up a slight bit of a reputation for that? Um, I, I don't think any more so than anybody else. 
to be honest. Yeah, I mean, for, for me, I, I can't say that I look at Wolves and I see a team full of divers. I no. think, you know, there, 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 there are certain players that, you know, Jack Grealish and Wilfred Zaha are what the two which are labelled all the time. But, I mean, they're most some of the most regularly fouled players in the yeah. league. I think it's, it's very much, a, oh, if someone goes down easily... Um, if you're an opposing fan, you're not a fan of it. But if it's the other way around and you win a penalty and they go down easily, but the penalty's given, yeah, and it's viewed by VAR and it's still given, you're happy about it. It's don't get me wrong. I'm not saying diving is 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 a good thing to do. Certainly isn't. No one wants to see blatant dives. Um, but in general, I think it's something that is brought maybe um, a little bit to the forefront when it's not particularly you know the the uh, that common, yeah. I think every team has got you know has got players that will do it sometimes. I mean, we saw Harry Kane at Spurs. You know, there's, yeah. there's, there's, there's taken a few tumbles, and you know, it's it's not you know Fabio Silva in doing that against Albion has not done anything that anybody hasn't done before. But it's just it's just something that you don't necessarily want to see. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't think Wolves have got a reputation for diving that. Yeah, uh, Wolves first. What's going on with Fosun? Potential lack of interest and investment due to Chinese government guidance? Question mark. Um, no, I don't think it's a lack of interest. Um, you know, I think they've spoken about it a few times that you know they're in it for a ten year, twenty year. That was the kind of a thing that struck me about. I think it was the last time that Jeff spoke, which was just after the summer. That you know, that it was a reference to ten years, twenty years, which was something. Um, a bit new actually at, at the time because we we'd all heard about the five year plan before that, but then it was more talk about you know ten years, fifteen, twenty years time. Um, you know, Fasten haven't lost interest. Um, I, I think it's just a a case of they see it as more of a of a long term view, and that you know success will won't be you know as as rapid um, you know as as some may have hoped. Um, now I would like to hear from from them a bit, a bit more. You know, I think I think they should you know communicate uh, more. Um, you know, it, it's it's a very different um, it's very different now than when under you know Laurie Dalrymple, uh, Jez Moxie, you know, even Kevin Farewell to an extent that you would mm. hear stuff. You know, and updates from what they were doing. I mean, in the Moxie days, it was almost like weekly briefings. Um, to be honest, so. Um, it's very different to that, um, but uh, you know that's that's the way that they choose to do things, and um, you know I think they're, you know, Fausen and you know Jeff She as the representative of Fausen that is, you know, the running the club as as, as executive, executive uh, chairman is, you know, they're they're a shrewd you know investment company, and um, you know Wolves are an invest investment. There's something that they see as their long-term strategy, their their portfolio, and you know, I, I think they are less um, emotional, I guess. You know, is perhaps the word than than, than than previous than previous owners. Really, I, I don't think they're the types to um, you know after after when the results for it to really kind of change their long-term approach, unless it gets to that real kind of drastic stage where action must be taken, but. You know they they have a long term plan. Uh, they're sticking to it. I would like to hear more from them, um, but uh, that's that's the way that they that's the way that they believe in and the way that they've uh, chosen to be. So um, and in terms of the um, Chinese um, kind of 
problems. I mean, I don't think it's... Um, I think that's something of a... I don't think there's anything really... Any weight to that? There's, there's, you know, there's various other Chinese-owned clubs in the Premier League, and 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 Fausen won't see themselves as a Chinese firm of sorts. Really, um, yeah. they're an international conglomerate. Is what they see themselves as. You know, they've got fingers in many pies. They've got you know businesses all across the world. They don't really necessarily see. Well, they have their roots in China. They're not kind of viewing themselves as a Chinese business. They see themselves as a as a worldwide business, if you if you like. So um I think what's worth taking into account when you wonder where, you know, if the money's there and stuff like that. Um, you know, the the wife of uh Guo Guangchang, uh, Jenny Wang has 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 purchased um grasshoppers in, in, in Zurich. Mm. Um so that's essentially you know, a thousand-owned club. It's you know a, a another arm of of the company, if you like. But that you know is, is essentially the case. And obviously, we've seen the Wolves partnership with them, players going over there. So if you know they, they have got they've got money, you know they're, they're making investments like that. You know if they if they weren't sure about football, and if they'd lost interest in football, then I don't think the you know they'd be invested in another club um, in another country. So. Um, you know, there, there is that worth taking into account. I, I, I understand that, you know, the, the the investment isn't where you know perhaps we'd, we'd all like it to be, and you know they did pretty much break even in the summer. They haven't spent any money uh, this January, and barring a late change of art, that that they won't. But um, you know, I think it's worth taking into account that they have, um, you know, invested in another club in another country. I don't think it's a a lack of interest. I think it's just um, you know they're 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 trying to do things a bit more longer term, and ultimately they're an investment company. Hmm. Uh, Joseph asks where when is someone going to ask Nuno what he has against Patrick Catrone? What is it that he is missing to be playing back up uh, to an eighteen-year-old with virtually no first-team experience at senior level? I thought I thought Nuno said they don't give up on Wolves players, but he seems to have. Um, with Catrone. Um, Gotta remember, he's only just come back. He's he only just come much back. Football. He's only just come back. He only played. Um, tw- it was twelve sub appearances this season in Serie A. But when you tally that together, I think it was the equivalent of two games. Mm. So he's only played two, essentially two. I think it was like a hundred and eighty minutes of football. So he's only played that. He's come back over. Then I alluded to it a little bit last week, actually, in that he's. I think he's here on his own at the minute and they haven't got him um, a, a kind of a permanent, more permanent base yet. Mm. Um, I think he's possibly living out of a out of a hotel room at the minute. So, um, you know, there's that kind of stuff to factor in. He's only just came back in. I, I mean, uh, you know, to, to have brought him back in and chucked him straight into the starting lineup, I think would have been a big ask anyway. Um, and with Silva... I don't think he's done too badly, you know. I, 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 there has been games where he's he's been he's been poor, and I think mm. that's that, that's that's an eighteen-year-old footballer for you. But um, I, I still do think, you know, especially after his goal on 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 Saturday, that he's the the best option at the minute. And um, you know, Catrone, 
he's just still kind of working his way towards full full sharpness. He may play against Chorley, less confident in that after the, the Albion result. You know, I think it would have been a surefire that Catrani would have played um, at the beat Albion, but um, mm. be interesting to see what they do up front. But yeah, with Catrani. Um, he, he, I mean, he, ultimately, he has got a second chance, you know, when we didn't think he would. Um, so the honesty is on him, and he, he, whether it's, I don't think his his long term future still lies at Wolves. To be honest, I, I'd, I'd be surprised if he was still here beyond the end of this season. But this is an opportunity for him to put himself in the shop window and uh, hopefully score a few goals for for Wolves along the way. Yeah, fingers crossed he can do that. Uh, Ted P. What are the reasons the Wolves hierarchy hardly ever give interviews and statements? What is the reason, you know, doesn't want another striker when he earlier said we were going to be active in the window? Um, the touched on it there with the the lack of statements. I think that's just the that's just the belief of of, of Jeff and that they're they're more that you know. I, I think it's. Um, Probably in keeping with a lot of the Premier League, in that you don't hear regular updates mm. from the top. I don't think that's necessarily right, but it's just the the way of the the way of the Premier League. Really, it's um, you know I'm sure they've looked at that, and you know you don't hear week by week updates from many clubs, and you know there there is a lack of transparency overall. And I guess you know Wolves are kind of you know ad- adopting more of that approach. Um, I think you know there's probably an element of thinking that unless they come out and say you know there is a so and so amount of money to spend in this window we're really going to go for it then you know then that whatever else they say might not really appease supporters and may actually add fuel to the fire mm. um I think there is an element of that so um you know that I'm sure if if it comes to it and they really feel that they need to uh, to talk, that they will. I would like to hear from them more, um, but that's that's just the way it is. And I think, you know, the days of of a Laurie Dalrymple buying buying fans points and um, Jez Moxie coming out and you know at, at the time, I mean, you know, when when it was the days of Jez, he'd come out and talk quite often, but it often he was a you know he was not seen as very favourable, and he got a lot of stick. And I think sometimes that you know, Fausen probably think there's more value in just kind of staying quiet, sticking to their beliefs, and and um, just that, staying focused on the job. Um, yeah, I think that I think that's how they think. I, I would like to hear from them more, but that's um, I don't think they're. They're going to really change their ways uh, drastically, to be honest. Yeah, and, and and the transfer point's an interesting one because I mean we all heard and we all saw the quotes that Nuno saying we need to rebalance the squad, um, and I think everyone kind of assumed that meant okay, money's going to be spent, and yeah. now it looks like that's not going to be the case. Now, um, in in fairness to Wolves, just on just for for a second. There hasn't really been any many money spent across the Premier League, to be honest. Um, yeah. They're not the only ones who haven't taken action. Just put the um, Bre- Brexit rules as well into a into a little bit of context, because um, you know I've been speaking to a few people about this, and they, for example, how Wolves signed Pedro Neto a couple of seasons ago, they wouldn't be able to sign him now. You yeah. know, um, a player that. 
hasn't really played a lot of games in in a in a in a, in a senior league that hasn't played at the international level. So you, any players now from Europe are kind of through a point system. So it's very similar to players that from outside the EU basically before. Uh, you know, you've got to have a certain level of games in a in a decent country. Or you, you know, if you've won a if you've won a championship, you get a certain more number of points. If you've played a certain number of international caps, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, within a certain time frame, I think you've got to play you know international football within the last three years. So, with stuff like that to factor in and COVID as well, um, not having fans in the ground for for more than a, for almost a year. You know, they didn't sell any season tickets, did they, this year, obviously. Um, you know, the, t- the TV money, you know, he's, he's, you know, you're not certain about that because, you know, if the season gets halted again, then the broadcasters are due money back. So, yeah. it's um, there's all those things to factor in. Um, I would like to see a striker signed, and I think a striker... Should have been signed, and you know how. You know if 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 there is a change of heart on that, then you know I'd I'd welcome that, and I'm sure plenty of others would. Um, but you know I think they're thinking that there's probably enough there, and you know that you know in somebody like Catrone that they did spend sixteen million pound on, that they want to try and you know kind of get the most out of him, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it it is it is disappointing. But um, yeah, I do think that the the impact of Brexit and COVID can't be overlooked. It is it is very much a big factor. Mm-hmm. Um, if if everybody else in the league was spending and really kind of making high profile signings, you would look at Wolves and think, "Come on, you've got to pull your finger out here." Um, but the, the 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 story is really across the Premier League. There's not a lot going on, and and there is reasons for that. So. Uh, yeah, I'd welcome a signing all day long, but um, yeah, I think they're just they're just erring on the side of caution, really. Mm. Uh, next one uh, is an interesting one. Craig Maudsley asks if you were offered the choice now between a relegation dogfight teamed oh with making the FA Cup final versus going out against Chorley this week but getting a mid-table finish, which would you choose? Oh, that's so hard. Because <laughs> I mean, going out. To, I mean, we say the that the, the season's at its lowest ebb now. If they yeah. go out to Chorley. I mean, it, surely it can't happen. But if it if it was to happen, dearie me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I think I'd take the FA Cup final and 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 the fight. I think take your chances. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Ju- just about because if you you know if you if you lost again to Chorley. I think that would possibly be. I know there's been some upsets in the FA Cup over the years, but I think that would be up there as one of the biggest ever. Yeah. To be honest, you know, a Premier League team losing to a National League North team, um, you know, it, it's almost unthinkable. So, um, yeah, I'd, I'd take the FA Cup and and uh, you know the survival fight going into a yeah going towards the end probably. Yeah, uh, Craig. Uh, should more questions be asked of Rui Patricio? Obviously, relies heavily on on the guys in front of him, but should he be more responsible for upholding the shape of our defence? Considering how John Ruddy commands the players on the field, maybe he, time he gets more games. I mean, that's the. I mean, that's a bold statement. 
It's a bold statement, but I do I do understand what he means because um, you know uh, I think Rui. I don't think he can really majorly point the finger at him. He has made a few errors this season, but um, you know I think often he has been let down by those in front of him. Um, Rudy though, he's um, he's one of the voices that you hear. It's him, him and Cody. You know, and even when he's on the bench, you can hear him barking instructions and telling people where to be. He'll play against Chorley, and you know if he if he is convincing again against Chorley, and really kind of you know, I mean he's tailor made for a game like Chorley, you'd say. You know, yeah. You know that 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 would be an occasion that he'll relish. But if he if he does well in that and keeps another clean sheet, as where Wolves have not kept one in in uh, twelve games in the Premier League, then you know he he might be thinking that he that he is worth that he's worth a go for one or two. Uh, you know, it's um, it would be a bold call, but um, they've got to find a solution somewhere. Nuno, being a former keeper himself, I'm, uh, I'm sure that he'll have looked at the situation. And if if, if Rudy c- carries on being vocal and and looks convincing in the cup, and you know keeps another clean sheet, ultimately he'll have two in as many games, and and Patricio will have nine in twelve. So um, th- there will be a decision to be made. I'd be surprised if he if he was kind of. Uh, Takes takes the uh, takes the number one shirt for in the league again, but uh, I think it's something worth considering. Yep, uh, Gladden Balty King, uh, <laughs> how can we get better recruitment that strikes a balance between future stars and today's needs? Why isn't Bettina getting game time? And if you could make one reasonable possible signing, who would it be? For me, that's been the this, the issue with Wolves from the outside anyway. Yeah, it's almost as if they've planned they've they've neglected plan for now and instead have bought for the future and it's not necessarily paid off and I don't think it would be as bad a situation if if players who had got injured hadn't been injured because Raul Jimenez Daniel Pedence these are players that can I mean I know Pedence isn't as out for as nearly as long as Jimenez will be but those are big blows and those take away from a team uh, and Fabio Silva wouldn't have been expected to play the number of, of games that he, he probably has yeah, I think the chief problem really is was the summer recruitment. I think you look at it now, and you know, six players came in. You know, Silver's Silver's done well. I mean, I mean the weight of the price tag really. You know, he's done all right. Uh, two goals. I think he's probably, you know, it's not it's not amazing, but it's not catastrophic either. Ain't Nuri has shown glimpses of real potential, but then add you know a couple of stinkers as well. To be honest. Yeah, and then you've got Hoover, who looked really good at Man United, but hasn't really kicked a ball in anger. Vitini has barely had a minute, um, and then Marcel spent most of his time out injured, and Samedo has, has flattered to deceive largely. I think he's looked better as of late. I will say that you know I don't want to, you know I think we've been you know I said we've been piled on Samedo a bit before. He mm. he has been better in recent weeks, so I will give him that definitely. But you know he hasn't. He has. He, I think he'd, he'd admit himself. He's, he's not. He's not fared as well as as he would have liked. So uh, I think you know chief among the the problems really was the, the the last summer's recruitment, and I think moving forward there's got to be a more of an onus on established. Well, it, Wolves have never really bought household names under under Nuno, and that probably won't change drastically. But at least players who have. You know, at least a good amount of experience at a proper level. You know, because um, I mean, Hoover had 
not played a league game for Liverpool. Silva had only started once for for, for Portugal uh, for Porto in the league. Mm. Coutinho hadn't made a league start for Porto, and Ain't Nuri had played about twenty games in the French league. So you know that that's not really the amount of experience that you'd want for somebody to come into a Premier League club with, you know high aspirations to come in and really hit the ground running. Samedo and, and Marcel were, were ones who had that experience, but, you know, not every signing, I guess, is going to be, um, you know, a, a hit straight away. But the, I think with these Brexit rules, you know, it does force their hand a bit. I think that it, it, they've got to look at more established players because they've got to find players that fit the point system to, to, to come in. So hopefully that that plays into Wolves' favour. Actually, that in the summer, rather than going for these younger players, you know the rules that are in place actually means you've got to get that experience, else you can't sign them. You know, so mm. um, hopefully that is something to to kind of look at positively. That you know these Brexit rules could actually play into into Wolves' favour a little bit. In that. I think the time has come after you know. Hopefully, what you you know another another season in the Premier League. It should be, um, you know, three seasons in the Premier League that um, they go into the summer and look at more established players. And you know, rather than you know three or four young players and whatever, maybe just two or three solid additions that can really come in and improve your team straight away, or, or give you the best chance of improving your team straight away. You know, a proper centre-half, a proper midfielder, and a proper striker. I think that's that's where you look at, really, the spine of the team. I think that's a you know, centre-half, centre-mid, striker. That would be the, the free I'd go for in the summer, I think. Yeah, and, and from the outside in, if I had to suggest a player, I mean, I know it's, it's a link that's been made previously, but someone like a Divock Origi, someone who you know knows the Premier League and yep. has scored goals... I mean, he's not the oldest in the world. What is twenty-five? I mean, yeah, just, yeah. Uh, it wouldn't hurt Wolves to have a signing like that for me. I, I don't think. Or, I mean, you know, you don't know the situation with certain players. But say in the summer, you know, Chelsea were to. I mean, there's links to saying that they're going to go for someone like Erling in Erling Haaland. If if that happens, then why not have a punt on someone like Tammy Abraham, mm-hmm. who's still young? You know what I mean? It's just. I know it might be a lot of money, but he's someone who knows the league. He's someone who you can bring in. Like you said, with these Brexit rules, I mean, why not? That's just me thinking. I know Nuno and Foson work in completely different ways, but you do think at some point, you know, just go for a proven name. You know, it's, it's an exciting signing. It would be a signing which fans could get behind um, and someone they could they, they could trust in because when like the likes of Catroni come and Fabio Silva, not a lot is known about them, so you never really know if they're going to be a hit, and the expectation is there regardless. And if it's someone who's scored goals previously, then you at least you've got a track record to base on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, just quickly, I mean, Newcastle signed Callum Wilson last summer. You know, maybe not the most glamorous name to everyone, but he'd scored goals in the Premier League. And while Newcastle are on a free-flowing team, he's still scored, you know, the the the, the main bulk of their goals. So, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see something like that next summer. Just, uh, you know, somebody a bit more tried and trusted and, you know, perhaps, a, you know, having a a good amount of Premier League experience behind them as well. Yeah, even someone like a Josh King. I mean, he's not going to yeah. be that expensive. I mean, reports about his wages being high, but in terms of a natural flat transfer fee, it won't be that much. Um, and that's something that could be done this month, but it, you never know, do you? Um, right, let's just quickly talk about Chorley, Joe. Um, kind of touched before. Surely they can't lose this one. There's a lot of memories uh, from back, what, in 1986? Yeah, yeah. Um, which... 
none of us want repeated. Um, no. Um, you know, what many kind of perceive to be the darkest kind of day of, of, of Wolves' history, really, losing that kind of uh, second replay uh, to them. I think it was all Bolton's old Burden Park. Uh, yeah, three pops, so, three pops at beating them and couldn't do it either time. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, not not great. So we, we, you know, we don't want to don't want a, re, a repeat of that. But um, I think they're going to play a strong team. You know, I think um, you know very similar to, to to Palace in that they might make two, three changes max. Mm. I don't think they can really afford to make any more. To be honest, I, I, I you know, they, you can't underestimate Chorley. I mean, if you made you know nine, ten changes against them, that'd be exactly the fuel that Chorley would want and. You know, to cause a to cause a huge upset. So um, I think there's a there is an onus on playing, you know, eighty five, ninety, ninety five percent your your strongest team. I think Woody will play in goal, but otherwise, I, I don't think there's really scope for many more changes. Um, apart from going to a back three, perhaps, um, and yeah, and just because even with going to a back three, it might be seen as really defensive. Against somebody like Chorley, but Chorley, like Albion did, will pump balls into the box whenever they can. That will be their their main thing, you know. They're trying to get set pieces, long throws, um, bodies into the box. That will be what they want to do. So, you know, having another defender on the pitch, um, maybe maybe Kilman, maybe Kilman, you know, to, mm. uh, who who has a non-league um, experience as well. You know, he pl- played for Maidenhead, and you know, he, he knows. He's got recent experience of, of non-league, and he knows what he what it means and what the physicality is all about. So maybe a back three, you know, we've kind of maybe Bolly Cody Kilman maybe give Sace the night off because he's played a lot of a lot of football recently. Mm. Um, but then pretty much tit for tat, really. Uh, Rudy in goal, Kilman at the back maybe. But then I'll pretty much stick to the rest to be honest because I, I, I honestly don't think he can afford. To make too many changes, Wolves need a win, and they need to build, try and build momentum. So, uh, yeah, try and get these players get a good good performance behind them, and hopefully take that into the league. The big challenge, I suppose, is is how you mentally approach this game, isn't it? Because Chorley will come into it for them. I mean, they're they're playing at home, um, and obviously they've you know they've had success. You know, they obviously beat what was it Derby's kids yeah. um, to get here. For them, it'll be it'll be basically like a cup final, so you know they're going to be up for it. The key for Wolves is, after the low of, of losing to Albion at home, is making sure you're up for this because if you're not, it can and and say say the game rattles on, you know, maybe 20, 30 minutes, and and Wolves haven't looked like scoring. All of a sudden, that confidence could maybe maybe ever away. Yeah, yeah, it's um, you know, it's it's a very it's a very you know, obviously Wolves have got. You know, so so much more quality on on, yeah. on on paper and everything like that, but it, it, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough, and you know, it is. You've got to approach it in exactly the right mentality. I mean, Spurs went to Marine, didn't they, a couple of weeks ago, and mm. and really kind of um, treated handled it, that perfectly. Didn't handled they? it really well. Handled it really professionally, and you know, Nuno has a close relationship with Mourinho, of course. I'd imagine he. He'd have a chat with Jose about exactly what they kind of did, and you know, and respecting the occasion, respecting the opposition, and um, take that into account because um, Tottenham really showed the um, the blueprint really of how to go to a team like that and how to 
treat it properly, treat it professionally. And um, yeah, hopefully Wolves can follow suit. Yeah, and, and like you said earlier on, a little bit of a hiding to nothing because even if Wolves win four or five, it's they're not gonna they're not gonna you know they're not gonna be talked about left, right, and centre because it's what they're expected to do. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, but um, you know, there's, there's often been times where Wolves have off like relished the underdog tag. Really, I mean, finishing mm. seventh last season and the season before that. I mean. Now nobody really expected them, I guess, to get to the Europa League quarterfinals originally, but the, you know they they made their way there, and you know it's um, they've got to embrace the 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 tag of firm favourites this time around, and uh, it's perhaps a, a change in mentality, but it's um, it's it's what you've got to do and uh, what they've got to embrace. And that's it. Let's not forget it's a good opportunity as well because if you if you get past Chorley, of course, fifth round, fifth round it, over. I mean, it's Shrewsbury has still got to play. Um, that's tonight, isn't it? Actually, yeah, Southampton. Yeah. Um, Shrewsbury against Southampton, then Southampton will play Arsenal. Well, Shrewsbury or Southampton will play Arsenal, so it's one of one of those three. Um, but you know, it's um, it's not the worst draw in the world. You know, you 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 know, you'd hopefully get through, and you you you've got a decent chance of getting through. And this is um, this FA Cup is a chance to. Kind of really bring the feel good factor back, really, and uh, a season that has been disappointing, uh, no doubt. But um, hopefully, this can you know bring some joy back and be the thing where you look back up upon at the end of the season as as as, as, a, as, a, as a as a real positive. Mm. Uh, give me a prediction before we finish up, then. Three nil, three nil wolves, three nil comfortable, three nil wolves. Yeah, maybe not you know an absolute you know, thrashing or anything like that. Because, um, as I say, I've seen Chorley a few times and I, I, I do I do think, for you know, for the level that they're at, um, they, they they play some good stuff and they and they play to their strengths. You know, they're, they're, they're difficult to break down. They're organised. So, um, yeah, it might be a bit touchy, as you say, the first 10, 20 minutes, but hopefully, you know, that that quality can shine through and they can uh, get a clean sheet as well, get a clean sheet in the bag and uh, hopefully, you know, with those players... You know, take that into the league then and use that confidence moving forward. Yeah, put me down for a comfortable Wolves win too. Right, Joe, that just about does us. Uh, unless you've got anything else to add, mate. No, that's it, mate. That's it. Lovely, mate. Thank you for uh, stepping in. Not a problem. Not a problem. Always happy to do it. Um, I assume we'll be back to our normal scheduled programme next week uh, when Judah is back. Uh, but from me and from Joe, goodbye for now.